and welcome back to the Sophos Naked Security Podcast. I'm Anna Brading and I'm here with Sophos experts, Mark Stockley. Hello. Paul Ducklin. Hello, folks. And on the mic this week is producer Alice Duckett. Hi. How are you all? Did you have a nice Easter? Excellent. I had a lovely Easter, but I was very sad because this is probably the first year ever that I didn't get any eggs. Oh, I got a massive mini eggs Easter egg. Well, lucky you. I bought myself some mini eggs, but I didn't get given any. Although this does remind me of last year, Anna. You might remember because you're also a fan of mini eggs. I don't want to talk about that. And I went down to, I think you'd come back from the canteen looking very upset because they'd said there was no mini eggs left. And then I went down about five minutes later and came back with some. And I, so although I didn't get an egg this year, I still hold that triumph. That was when I realised you were my nemesis. Yeah. That was I got I a mixture of bunnies and eggs in a little presentation thing. Unfortunately, about two weeks before Easter, my missus came back with it triumphantly. Oh, look what I got. And instead of putting it in the cupboard and waiting for the Easter weekend, I chowed them the same day. Nice. So uh, I did not have eggs at Easter, but I had eggs around Easter, so that'll have to do. Mm. I've been inhaling a packet of mini eggs a day just because, you know, I'm on the lockdown diet. <laughs> There's nothing else well, the to issue, do. The issue is you go to the supermarket and buy in bulk because you don't yes. want to not have enough chocolate, and then you sit and eat all of the chocolate in two or three days. <laughs> and then you've got nothing left, and so you have to go to the supermarket again. It's just not good for yeah. us. <laughs> As usual, we've picked the top three stories from the week to discuss on the podcast. So coming up on today's show, Duck's going to be discussing an issue with TikTok, I'll be talking about sextortion again. And Mark's going to be pondering separate passwords or single sign-on. Sorry, Sorry, did you say Duck's talking about TikTok? (laughs) Yeah. Do you need an explanation? (laughs) Well, obviously. I'm (laughs) just wondering if Duck does as well. (laughs) Hey, hey. Just you're old in body and mind. (laughs) Did you notice how I said nothing there? I I just... I just let that one glide past. Yeah, is it going to come out at the end when we say, where can we find you on social media? And he's going to say, and you can find me on TikTok as Dutchlog. <laughs> I hope so. Before all that, here's a quick roundup of a few other stories. If you from hear the last- clicking and clacking during the podcast, it's me hastily <laughs> setting up my account <laughs> under that name. So watch out, watch what, be careful what you wish for. But before all that, here's a quick roundup of a few other stories from the last week or so. Sovos Labs has released its latest report into Fleeceware. That's those apps that usually start off free but get you to subscribe to unlock the app and end up costing you a fortune. Last time they looked at Android and this time our labs have turned their attention to what's lurking on Apple's App Store. Some of the apps they found charge $30 a month, which is actually quite a lot for something basic like a horoscope app or face filters or a QR code scanner, especially as they are advertised as free on the App Store. There are details on which apps they found and how to cancel your subscriptions over on the Sophos Labs article. We'll link to it in the show notes. Two school children are suing Google, alleging that it's illegally collecting their voice prints, face prints and other PII. The complaint notes that Google has infiltrated the US school system by distributing its Chromebook laptops, which come pre-installed with lots of Google student apps. In order to use those apps... The kids have to speak into the laptop's audio recording device so Google can record their voices and they have to look into the laptop's camera so Google can scan their faces. The complaint alleges that Google's violating both, now I have to get it right, BIPA, which is the Biometric Information Privacy Act, and COPPA, the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. They want Google to stop collecting the data and to destroy whatever data it has, as well as a compensation payout for the violations. We'll keep an eye on the outcome. 
Speaking of Google, the company has removed an Android VPN program from the Play Store after researchers found a critical vulnerability. The app, called SuperVPN, has been downloaded over 100 million times. According to the researchers, the vulnerability could have allowed attackers to force SuperVPN to connect to a fake server, enabling them to see all of a user's data, including passwords, private text, and voice messages. Not exactly what you're after in a VPN. The vulnerability was found in October 2019, but the developer, called Supersoft Tech, apparently did not respond to the researchers' notification. So they told Google instead, and when Google didn't get an answer from the developer, it removed the app. Now, on to this week's stories. Alice, do you remember when we tried to make Dark a TikTok celebrity? Yes, but it sounds like it sounds like it might be about to happen. Well, I would be very, very excited if it did. Um, now, before we start... I don't know how to take that. Are you <laughs> implying that I can't bust moves with the best of them? Uh, if you can do one of those challenges, I would... Tune in. One of those challenges. That's the like pouring a it. bucket of water on my head. What an intellectually yeah. nasty no, thing. No, no. <laughs> it would be lip syncing to some yeah. kind of like clip or some music and like dancing along to it. I would love to watch it. I think you'd actually. But be I listen to instrumental music, so I can lip sync easily. I just stand there. You don't have to. There's there's one where you just sort of dance up the side up the stairs. I'm going to accidentally say air guitar in a minute aren't I and, and stitch myself up completely you can know yeah, but- I have heard you singing war pigs so <laughs> it's not entirely true that you only listen to instrumental music also it would be particularly funny because it would be the kind of trending music on TikTok which is listened to by like 15 year olds that's what you would have to choose from yes you would why yeah. don't we concentrate on whether I ought to use TikTok in the first place and <sighs> then I can decide whether I want to go large with my with my singing manoeuvres. Go on then. Oh, was- sorry, moves. It's moves, isn't it? Manoeuvres are something else. <laughs> before, Get my terminology you- right here. <laughs> before you do that, Duck, you better tell Mark what TikTok is. <laughs> yes, this is TikTok without a C in either tick or talk, Mark. It's not like the coffee shop on the Cowley Road in Oxford, which, of course, is closed along with the rest of them at the moment. Oh, it's uh, not a coffee shop. No, it's a. <laughs> okay. uh, it's an app that lets you share short, funny videos. It's sort of Vine, so Vine. for the 21st century. No, you can have more than six seconds. Was it Twitter? Sounds like Twitter or Instagram. It, I suppose it's like a cross between what might you call it? Yeah, sort of like if you if you if you married Twitter with House Party, and then mashed it up a lot, <laughs> you get something not entirely unlike TikTok, but it's quite different from it. It's for the new it. generation, isn't so it? That's it innovation is. in the social media space is dead. Is what you're saying? It's just fine. Mm. It's uh, different to Vine. Yeah, you haven't looked at it, have you? There are more filters and stuff. There's more stuff you can do on it. Oh, well, it's that's quite comprehensive. Yeah, everybody looks absolutely beautiful on TikTok, by the way, because the filters are amazing. Yeah, and people do go to great lengths to make videos that only last a minute that must take them hours to clean up after. One that I found when I was doing my research, because I was just scrolling through them, someone blocked up their toilet with a sink plunger <laughs> the bottom, filled it with Diet Pepsi, and then poured in a bag of Mentos. Spoiler alert, it's kind of quite exciting. But in the world of lockdown, where you can't get a cleaner in to help you with industrial cleaning stuff, I don't want to be the person who had to tidy up that bathroom. It Uh was spectacularly, dramatically disastrous. So what are you going to do to top that as your first video, Doug? (laughs) 
<laughs> do you think they had to use the last of their precious toilet paper to mop up? The, uh, the I think oh, no. they would have needed to have bought in more than bulk to do that with toilet paper. I think you'd need some kind of industrial wet and dry vacuum cleaner. Should but we that's move on not to the why, issue. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly. Let's move on to the story, Doug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let me get my – let me – Try and pronounce the names exactly correctly. I've been in correspondence with one of the chaps, lovely fellow, by email, just to make sure I would use their names correctly. It's Tommy Misk and uh, Talal Hajbakri. They are a pair of mobile app developers, and they decided to have a look at TikTok under what you might call the, the network scope. So you know, how does it do it net, its network traffic? And they were astonished to find that TikTok seem to have made exactly the same blunder that Tinder made about two years ago, namely that they use HTTPS, secure HTTP, TLS connections, secure, encrypted, authenticated connections for a lot of the stuff. But when it comes to downloading things like profile pictures, video stills, and the videos themselves, they revert back to good old-fashioned unencrypted HTTP, presumably because it's a little easier, it's a little faster, it makes the apps more responsive. And there's this kind of argument that, well, the videos are all public anyway. You don't have to log in to see them. So what's the harm done? And also, of course, it's way more fun if every so often you just download a completely different video than the one you were expecting. <laughs> well, <laughs> we that, don't endorse that, Mark. That was that was that was one of the two points that these researchers made. And you know, uh, with my naked security hat on, uh, I think we absolutely concur with these conclusions. Firstly, the fact that these videos are there for anyone to look at, the fact that people intend their profile pictures to be public doesn't mean that anyone else on the network around you should be able to see exactly what you're looking at when and in what order. Because if they can do that just by trivially running a network sniffer on your traffic, they are learning something about you. They might even be able to make inferences about your friends and your family and your interests. And there's no need for an app in the modern world that could do HTTPS to let any of that data out at all. Even if the data is ultimately public, the fact that you're looking at it at a specific time in a specific order is for you and you only. But the real problem that these guys thought about, um, Tommy and Talal, is, well, what if you go to a channel or somebody's account on TikTok who's trying to appeal to the younger generation with more serious matters like genuine, useful, upbeat coronavirus pandemic videos. Because there's no encryption, there's no authentication, it means that you can substitute a video that you aren't meant to see. And so they did a proof of concept using their own router where fake videos uh, came in uh, in that was supposed to be more seriously minded, community angled, coronavirus themed stuff. For example, one of them, they said it was, it's obviously, I don't know whether you call it amusing or not, but they said, hey, fight fire with fire, vaping kills coronavirus, which of course it doesn't. But you'd be surprised to see that if you went to uh, an account which is supposedly putting out serious information. Well, they, the ones that they, the, on the proof of concept, they were big names, weren't they? Yes, they were. I think they would including trust people that you would trust. Absolutely. And even if, the point is, generally, 
you learn to trust people on TikTok like any social network. So what you don't want is your friend's video being replaced by something. Now, admittedly, if it's a if it's someone pouring Mentos into a toilet that's all giant Pepsi and exploding it all over the bathroom, well, if someone mocks that up with a video that isn't Mentos in Diet Pepsi or shows that it doesn't foam up much, not much harm done. But as you say, in this case, they were showing that particularly at the moment, it seems like the kind of programming shortcut, the the programming efficiency, the content delivery network uh, shortcut, let's call it that, that TikTok really should have avoided. Tinder got caught out two years ago. Bless their hearts, they went away and fixed it pretty quickly because the irony is in TikTok's case, it seems, as far as I can tell, as in the Tinder case in 2018, if you go to their website, instead of using the app, uses the same content delivery network, but everything's over HTTPS, including the videos. So clearly the content delivery network is well prepared to deliver stuff in an encrypted fashion. That means, A, your privacy is respected a little bit more. Not that it's absolutely critical in this case, but it is important. But most significantly, it means that when you watch a video, it's actually the one you're supposed to see, not something that some joker shoved in your face instead. So do we think this is an error from TikTok or do we think it's just like an oversight? I think I guess... I'm not bothered about it. And I can only guess at this, obviously, is that it's probably a similar argument that I imagine Tinder made two years ago. They figured, okay, all the stuff that could actually identify you, that things like when you actually make a login, when you go and change your profile, all of that stuff, that does use TLS. So if you look at their network traffic, there's a significant proportion of it that is correctly protected by TLS as far as we can see. You can see the client hello, server hello, cipher agreement, TLS 1.2 or TLS 1.3 session established. So the programmers obviously know, love and appreciate TLS when it's really necessary. My gut feeling is they've probably figured, you know what, for stuff that is public anyway, videos that anybody can watch. doesn't really match if they get sniffed out along the way. It's a little bit faster, a little bit slicker, a little bit easier if an old school mobile phone that may not have the same power as a modern phone or your laptop, if it doesn't have to do the encryption, it's a tiny bit easier. But seriously, that's not how the world works these days. So mm. I suspect it was just, it seemed like a sort of error of omission that didn't matter too much. But experience suggests that a job worth doing when it comes to cryptography and end-to-end encryption is worth doing well. And more importantly, it's worth doing all the time. Also, if if you, I mean, this is taking it quite far, but if you could deep fake someone, if you could yeah. do a deep fake celebrity, you could insert that onto their timeline, could could you not? I mean, well, that we're is inching in that direction. I mean, that's yeah. like you, what, you, what you're talking about there is this sort of ultra modern uh, kind of trickery mm. with deep fakes, and then this very old kind mirror. of bug or this very old kind of problem that we shouldn't have anymore. It just, it shouldn't be the case. You know, when they have the design meeting at TikTok and they say, right, well, we're going to do this over HTTP, somebody at that point should have said, no, we're not. Exactly. Mm. You know, that's, you, we, we don't do that anymore. We don't have to come up with reasons why we don't like that. The argument's gone. But yeah. is the you problem just- that the kind of people that are designing apps are not necessarily thinking from a cybersecurity perspective at all? 
but it, and it, mm, but it, yeah. it's, and it's not even the people designing the apps but it's it's also people who are like companies like apple and android um can make it mandatory that apps use HTTPS as they're doing with browsers. You know, it's becoming harder mm. and harder to do things in your browser, for example. And I think the same is true of apps. I'm not an app developer. I'm not as clued up on that. But um, there are all sorts of things that happen in the background in your browser that you can't do over HTTP anymore. Mm. It's just not, you know, you, we see what happens with the web pages, but behind the scenes, it's being slowly closed off. And I think the same thing is happening on the apps as well. So I'm, I'm kind of surprised that this is still a, a thing. Yes, I was a little surprised at that. Tommy and Talal in their blog article go and have, you can go, well, obviously go to Naked Security first, read our take on it, click through to theirs. <laughs> let's, let, let, let's share the love. Uh, no, they, they actually go into this and they point out, uh, uh, very reasonably, that quite some time ago, Apple started out by saying, you know what, if you're going to use HTTP web fetching commands, you have to go through our API. And our API will require you to use HTTPS because it'll, it just won't let you make the calls that don't do it and don't do it properly and don't check certificates. And you'll need a very good reason not to use that for all the downloads that you do in your app. And my understanding is Google followed suit fairly soon afterwards. And we're going back at least a couple of years here. So I too am surprised that apps are allowed some exceptions to those rules. I imagine it's because it's not the mainstream part of the app starting up, but some background download that, you know, maybe they've got some reason for it that somehow Apple and Google in this case didn't really mind about. So let's hope that the response is that TikTok goes, you know what, we've got a CDN, a content delivery network that already supports HTTPS just fine. We're using HTTPS for half of the stuff we do. It's just the downloads that people actually come to watch, the ones that we don't want them fiddling with. Let's just add it to the app. So I don't think it's a huge ask for them to do this. And maybe Apple and Google will go to them and say, you know what, uh, let's get this right. Because it, as Mark said, when you have that design meeting or more importantly, when you commission some outside software company to do your mobile app, which for many companies yeah. is the way they do it, they may be very good at developing desktop apps and websites and stuff that runs in the browser. But often the mobile bit is an afterthought that gets that gets outsourced to a third party, then it may be, hey, yeah, make this make this fast and efficient and cool, and then let's worry about the security later. And mm. the time for those decisions is gone. You need to have it the other way around. Security needs to come first and foremost when you're designing an app. Otherwise, you get, as Mark said, unnecessary problems like this that undermine the security messages that we're trying to preach generally. Have we heard from TikTok on it? Um, we have not. Hmm. I hope if TikTok do reply, they reply in the form of a 10-second lip-sync video. <laughs> I've actually, since uh, since lockdown, I've noticed older and older people are gonna are getting on TikTok. So, Mark, that's something maybe you could... Uh, <laughs> How many more weeks of lockdown do we have to have before I am old <laughs> before enough? Before you get on TikTok. I don't know, you've yeah. just joined Instagram, so it's going to take a while. Cool. Thanks, Duck. So... Um, I want to talk to you about a subject we've covered a few times on the podcast before, but it is just the one it, that is won't. It, is it bum authentication? No, no Mark. <laughs> I knew you would be the one to bring this up. Okay. <sighs> anyway, no, it's not. It's not anus identification. Um, it is. Uh, well, before I tell you what it is, I'm going to read you some headlines from. These are the top stories on naked security over the last week. So the most read. 
what the first one sextortion emails and porn scams are back don't let them scare you number two final warning email have they really hacked your webcam three sextortion scams knows your password but don't fall for it four don't fall for this porn scam even if your password's <laughs> in the subject five beware sextortionists spoofing your own email address so Everybody at the and, moment seems to be worrying about sextortion. And this isn't because we wrote five articles yesterday, is it? No. So they are all, apart from one of them, the top one, which Duck wrote last week, they are all old ones. So the oldest one uh, dates back to July 2018. Um, yeah. So it's something that's been going on for a couple of years. Um and the typical MO goes a bit like this. You get an email in your inbox that says it's captured you on your webcam watching porn and will be sending the video to your friends and family if you don't pay money into a Bitcoin address, like right now. Um, it's not a small amount of money either. It's usually between $1,500 and $4,000. So it's, wow. I presume they've pitched it at something that's re- like affordable, but also a lot of money. Um, mm. So they don't well, They've need had to- a couple of years to work out what scared people will pay. Yeah, right. They? I know. Um, so what makes them convincing is that they, what makes them sort of convincing is that they offer up something as proof, quote unquote, that they've installed malware on your computer. So they'll use a password or sometimes a phone number. And you get this in your inbox and you see your password and you think, huh, what? Um But of course they found the phone number or password online, probably in a data dump somewhere. And they don't have recordings of you doing whatever you do when you watch porn online. So we've, also seen scams of where they spoof your email address as a way of proving that they're in your email account because that's another easy way for them to sort of offer you proof that they're in there. Um, this is the one where they send it to you from your own email address. That's right, yeah. So yeah. you um, so you, you receive an email from yourself and if you don't know much about the technology, that is understandably sort of a bit scary that someone could be yeah. from sending you and if you haven't sent the email yourself, how is someone sending an email from my email? Yeah, and they usually make yeah. a point of in the email saying, and you may notice where this email came from. Take a look at the sender. Yeah. Uh, aren't you wondering how it how that happened. So it's meant to put the frighteners on you, which for many people it does, understandably. Yeah. So I I guess most people who listen to this podcast or the like InfoSec podcast will ignore these kind of emails. They'll get them and they'll just think, oh, it's a load of rubbish. But people less clued up about internet safety might may not. And we know these things work. That's why they keep doing it. Um, I can't imagine they've never had any success with it. Um, So do you guys have any suggestions about how we can inform our parents, grandparents, friends about this kind of thing? Well, I can recommend a fantastic video. <laughs> Just now you mentioned it. Um, well, to blow our own trumpet a bit, uh, we did make a video. It was at the end of last year where we tried to take this in a calm, non-judgmental manner and also to recognise a serious problem with sextortion that even people who don't watch porn or don't even have a webcam nevertheless find these emails, A, confronting because of what they're claiming. Mm. Like, hey, let Let's say they go and tell your friends and family this is what you've been doing even when you haven't. No smoke without fire, etc., etc. And secondly, this issue that if they have got malware on your computer, then maybe all of this is possible and maybe that's how they did get the password and maybe the wheels are going to come off in a much bigger way. So it is quite mm. unnerving. And I think the idea is to settle people down by saying, you know what? Well, firstly, if they had the video... Don't you think they'd send you a little clip from the video? Then you'd know they have the video. Mm-hmm. The fact that they're doing a password that's from years ago or a phone number where they've only got a few digits or something like that, you need to ask yourself, 
Could they have got this information by any other means that is a more rational explanation? Answer, definitely yes. Stand down from red alert. I I was going to say, because we are aware of it, it's very easy when our friends and family ask us about these kind of things to just go, yeah, no, it's fake, just delete it. But we don't necessarily take the time to explain. Mm. And so that's why that video of Duck is quite good to just send on because you haven't got to sit there and explain all of that every time someone asks you. But I have been guilty of if my mum or one of my friends says I've had this and I just say, oh, yeah, it's fake. It's just a scam. Delete it. But if you don't actually tell them why, then Mm. you're not actually teaching them anything about it. Yeah. So for for me, I think one of the things, and we can put the video in the show notes, but I think it's important maybe perhaps to talk to people proactively before, so not wait for someone, because mm. this whole thing is out of embarrassment, right? It's they're, they're doing it because the, the scammers are uh, doing it because they, they want you to be embarrassed into paying. So if you can proactively talk about it to your friends and family, your parents, whatever, yeah. um, ahead of time, you it's much less embarrassing because you can just say there's a general threat around this kind of email and you don't have to wait for your dad to phone you up out of the blue to tell you that there's a compromising video potentially of him. Um, Mm. The other thing is that we saw a similar scam where the victim was threatened with being infected with coronavirus, but they also used the password as a quote unquote proof again. So that's another way to start the conversation without having to talk to them about mm, porn. Um, so that's that's yeah. maybe something to do rather than wait for someone to come to you. Just sort of proactively say, like I, I've said it to my mum and dad. Just be, you know, if you get these emails, just, you don't have to worry about them. And here's why. Um, and then also talk to them about how a password of theirs can be found online, um, and how how the phone number and could have been found, and how someone can spoof an email address. Because then you're not. It's not just. Uh, then they get to understand it more, like you said, Alice. I, th- I think that's a really good point. If you were looking for a, a sort of super non-awkward way of broaching it, you could yeah. just direct them to have I been pwned and yes. say, why, why don't you go and have a look and see if any passwords that you've ever used have been compromised? Mm. And then so you start with the idea that, okay, well, that that password that you used, you know, eight years ago, that's now known to a whole lot of people so all sorts of people could use that as proof of something that they don't have totally and then it is a good reminder that they should be changing that password if they're still using it everywhere and then you can talk to them about password managers and you're absolutely right in the fact that they're using something that's really awkward by saying they've recorded you watching porn and my Mm. friend sent me one recently which had said that she'd signed up to like a sugar daddy dating website and she was like I'm so embarrassed don't tell anybody but I've had this email that someone signed me up and again it's like the kind of thing that they don't feel they can just ask somebody Mm. about but it's just not true so if you don't actually approach the topic, it's just the method, then you don't have to have the awkward conversation. Totally. Now, the other interesting thing about these uh, stories that have raised their head is that we all we seem to be seeing on Naked Security at the moment, right, in, corona, in these coronavirus lockdown times is the top red articles are all sextortion, WhatsApp hoaxes, other hoaxes, and everybody worrying about house party. Is it just that people want to worry about sort of people have got more time on their hands to be worried about this scammers have got more time to be doing more sort of base level scams or or what do you think i suspect that for a lot of people it's a time of their life where they're able to try out things online that either they they didn't have the right mix of time 
and will to do before. There was no need. They could go outside and meet their chums. But now they can't. They're figuring, well, let me explore all this online stuff that you know the kids have been telling me about. Let me have a look around. Let me install this brand new app that, wow, it lets five people into my house. That's weird. And then something bad happens immediately afterwards that's happening to millions of people every day anyway. And as we've discussed before, they put two and two together and go, oh, must be cause and effect mm. panic. So I think it's, you know, that people are experimenting a bit more. And when you try something new and then something bad happens immediately afterwards, it is easy to jump to the wrong conclusion. Instead of taking general precautions, you look for a quick fix. I, I just think it's it's unknowable. Hmm. Well, also, I've just remembered one of my friends needed to buy a webcam because the computer he uses for work doesn't actually have one. And he was saying that loads of places are sold out. Uh, and so I imagine that there's lots of people who don't have Macs or whatever and actually don't have a webcam on their computer and have now bought one. And so they might feel like, as you say, if they send out these webcam scams now, people will think that they're genuine because they didn't have one before. Yeah. And they start noticing them. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Thanks, everyone. Mark, somebody asked you a question this week, didn't they? Not the other way they around. Did. Can you explain to somebody asked me and how you might authenticate yeah. against it <laughs> hey. with your special new technology that you're so keen yeah. on? Was that the question? I said I don't, I don't know anything about TikTok, but I can tell you about this fantastic new authentication scheme. Um, hey, well, funnily enough, I got a, a message from somebody who was affected by one of these sextortion scams. Ah. Um, so I got a WhatsApp message from a friend of mine called Joe, who I haven't seen for a while. Um, and he got one of those uh, emails saying, you know, we videoed you doing uh, visiting porn sites, blah, blah, blah. Um, but instead of worrying about it, Joe's quite savvy. So he didn't worry about it, but he used it as a spur to spend some of his lockdown time beefing up his security, ah, which I thought was rather, rather good for him. Yeah. So his message read, he said, I'm going through and having a security overhaul. I had an email from some scammer with a password I used to use. And as I'm locked down, I thought I might as well go and change them. But 200 or so in and I'm starting to lose my mind. He goes on to ask, is it better to have a unique password for everything or to use Google sign in? Hope you and the family are coping. Bet you're having, I bet you're super glad uh, that you've got chickens right now. Oh, which, which there is only one answer obviously which is, yes i am super glad uh, that i've got chickens uh, thanks very much oh. so i thought we could talk about chickens for 10 minutes is no. everybody okay <laughs> no all right so how well, is alice the chicken there is no chicken called alice alice, alice I'm, the I'm, chicken I'm, died <laughs> she did die but then we started calling all the other chickens alice and so it felt like she was reborn <laughs> i just want to be clear that we doesn't include me in this none of Not my chickens me, really i think just alice <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is alice calls all of the chickens alice <laughs> and everything <laughs> okay <laughs> see i told you that was the most interesting <laughs> most interesting thing in the message so I thought we could answer Joe's question on the podcast. So I want to know how you'd answer and why. Okay. But before we do that, uh, we know that Joe has got at least 200 passwords because he got up to 200 and that's where he lost his mind. Um, I wondered, <laughs> do you think that that's a lot of passwords? And have you got any idea how many passwords that you have? Oh, I don't know how many I've got. That seems quite a lot. But then if you if, if you think about all the tiny things that you've ordered from once and you've had to set up a password for that. I can imagine that it, it builds up quite quickly. 
if you had to guess, what do you reckon? Ooh. How many passwords do you reckon you've got? Maybe 100 to 200. Oh. Alice? I think maybe... She's got one. <laughs> yeah, I've got one. Mine is... <laughs> mine is Sophos 2020 uh, explanation mark with capital S's. <laughs> And then I've got a slightly more secure one for like my banking, which is Naked Security 2019 explanation mark. <laughs> oh, you set that one up last year? Yeah. yeah. And I probably will change that actually to 2020 now. Oh, good security. Well, it's good to change it every so often. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And Doug, what do you reckon? But I, Sarcasm, by the way. I would say, I, I'd like to say 42 because it's a nice round number. Uh, because he, definitely you do have 42, Dark. if you've said 42. <laughs> well, one of the things that I've always tried to do is I try to avoid using services, which I know I'm only going to use once, where they insist that I set up an account forevermore and I can't see clearly a way of removing it afterwards. I'd rather take my business elsewhere. And I found that that's a great way of actually reducing the number of one-off accounts that I need to stick in my password vault and then wonder about how I'm going to get rid of in three years' time, given that I've never used the company again. How many have you got, Mark? I wish I'd gone before Tuck. <laughs> well, now you've got your new method of authentication, do you use passwords? Yes. <laughs> if anyone's wondering what authentication Mark has been using, then they should listen to the previous episode. What's that, episode 34? Um, because uh, it's illuminating. There's also a Naked Security article on it, which we'll uh, put in the show notes. <laughs> So anyway, I wish I'd gone before Duck because I had a look in LastPass, which is my password manager, before the podcast, uh, and I have 397 passwords. Wow. So I, and I'm, I'm quite sure that I don't use most of them or at least half of them. You know, I think those are passwords. I will probably exactly what Duck's talking about, you know, passwords I've set up for a service that needs a password once, mm. probably passwords that I haven't that I don't use anymore, that I haven't deleted, that, you know, maybe I've got multiple passwords for the same service and, you know, all but one of them are, are, are now redundant. So if I were going to go through mine like Joe, I think that would be a bit of an effort. But I reckon that Joe's 200 passwords, it sounds like a lot, but I think it probably isn't. A few years ago, I tried to find out what the average number of passwords that computer users have or have to maintain is. And I found a number of research papers going back over a couple of decades. And I think the maximum number that I got up to was about uh, 25. Um, but that research will now be quite old. What was clear, though, from looking at those research papers was that the pattern was that people were maintaining more and more passwords as time mm. went on. So I think the first one I looked at, people had on average, eight passwords, and then it very quickly got up to about 25. So 200 doesn't seem to be um, unusually large to me. I, I suspect that tens of passwords isn't unusual, and I suspect that hundreds of passwords probably isn't unusual either. So let's go back to what Joe asked. So he said, is it better to have a unique password for everything or to use Google sign-in? So if somebody sent that to you in a WhatsApp message and you had to reply, you know, you're not going to send them pages and pages of reply what would you say anna i would advise them to use a password manager i think i i mean i i use LastPass and i find it really easy it's not i don't find it difficult maybe that's because i'm sort of living and breathing security every day but um yeah that's what i'd say 
So you're going for unique passwords. I'm saying unique passwords attached to a password manager. Okay. What about you, Alice? What do you reckon? Well, I have been asked this question a lot now. I work for Sophos. My parents and like family always ask me what they should do. And I have recommended LastPass, Password Manager. But I feel like if you're not very techie, like my mum isn't, then actually setting up LastPass it feels very uh, complicated for her. So I know that some web browsers have them built in. And in the end, I just said that probably is better than ha- using the same passwords over again. Mm. So I've said to people who were like, less technical to just use the inbuilt web browser password managers. So I've, I've been through exactly that process with a relative of mine mm. where I said, uh, you know, you really ought to be using a password manager. And I thought, actually, let's go with the, I was, I was going to go and get them to download a password manager. And as I mm. was talking to them, it was quite clear even then that that probably wasn't going to work. So then we we reverted to using the one in the browser. But mm-hmm. even doing that, and I'm talking about working with somebody that is uh, slightly older, but very capable, very intelligent, uses a computer every day. Um, but because all the concepts were unfamiliar, it took them quite a while to figure out what was going on. And that you know they were storing a password somewhere, and it's that you know they, they type in the password, but then they don't know where it goes. You know they don't have a mental concept of okay, the browser's remembering that for you, and so mm. when you come back to this website, it'll tell you what password to use. Don't worry about it. You know, and they're thinking like, where's my password gone? It's just really yeah. illuminating, I think, watching somebody use a password manager, and we shouldn't underestimate how difficult that can be for people when we. The- the, the problem here is it's not just Google, is it? The, uh, Facebook is another popular one because we know that Google and Facebook, yeah. they, w- whether you love them or hate them, they've put enormous amounts of effort into doing authentication correctly. It's very unlikely that they're going to have a breach that means that somebody gets everybody's passwords in one go. They've supported two-factor authentication well with a variety of different means for ages. So if you're determined, if you're going to hack, if you find a password manager too hard where you would need a single password for the password manager, and you're still inclined just to go, you know, I'll put the same password into every site, then I would suggest that using some so-called trusted authority or single sign-on, if you call it that, whether it's Google or Facebook or some other uh, popular online site, that's probably better than just trusting the same password to dozens of different sites, because any one of those could be your weak link, whereas Google and Facebook are unlikely to be. The problem, of course, is that yeah. it's not life isn't that simple because there are loads of sites that don't allow you to do your authentication via some third party. They're just not hooked into Google or to Facebook or to some other site that could help you with the authentication side. And you're kind of stuck with having a password and maybe they don't even support two-factor authentication. So I think the answer is kind of all of the above. There may be some sites where you which you want to entrust, say, to your to your Facebook password or your Google password. There may be others where you need to invent a password of your own. And for goodness sakes, get a password manager because even if you have 12 passwords, you're not going to remember them all. You're going to fall into the habit of going password FB, password TW, like we spoke about last week. So I think the answer is kind of sadly all of the above. Hmm. I have to say I I agree with that. So I'll read out what I actually replied. (laughs) So after all the bit about the chickens, (laughs) which obviously (laughs) went on for some time, um, (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I replied, I said, use a unique password for everything. Um, uh, so long as they're all random and don't follow a pattern. The only practical way to do this is with a password manager like LastPass. Google sign-in is an acceptable second best. Do this if you don't have a password manager. Now, having answered that, I've had a few days to think about what I said to Joe, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not as confident in my advice now as I was then. I think it was it was probably the right advice for Joe. I, I think I've got a pretty good handle on his level of technical competence. And I think sending him a WhatsApp saying, use a password manager, I think he'll understand what that is. And mm. if he doesn't understand, he's got the wherewithal to go and find out. But as Alice was alluding to earlier, I think there are probably some other people where unless I was with them and I could walk them through the process, that probably wouldn't be the right answer. And I think for those people, anything that isn't just using the same password in lots of different places is a better answer. And I think there are probably uh, quite a large number of people for whom single sign-on is the right answer simply because it gets them away from using the same password everywhere. A bit like, you know, the argument for SMS two-factor authentication. It's not the best kind of two-factor authentication, but it's so much better than not having any at all that if, Mm. you know, if you're wondering whether you should use it at all, just go ahead and use it. Just two quick remarks, if I may, that are advantages that people sometimes forget about password managers that I find handy. I don't use a password manager as a plugin, but I have a like a password vault implemented as an encrypted filing system on Linux. Uh, Firstly, it means that if you need to change a password in a hurry, it makes it really easy to do it properly because, you know, you get one of those password change alerts mm. from an account you use. You think, oh, golly, I've got to change my password. I- I'll never remember the new one. I'll get round to it later. I'll quickly change it now. And you change it to secret or change me, and you never get round to changing it back. So a password manager does help you deal with emergencies like that. Mm. And the other thing where they can help almost – I don't think it was original design goal of password managers, but ones in your browser, they tend to associate – specific usernames and passwords with very specific websites. So if you get phished and you go to a fake website, the web browser won't offer to put the password in because it has no idea what to put in there. So that can actually add an extra shield to you typing the wrong password, the right password into the wrong site. Well, thank you, Mark. Hope the chickens stay well. Where can we find you on social media? <laughs> you, well, funnily enough, you can find out how well my chickens are doing by visiting me on social media because I am Internet of Hens on Instagram. Not yet on TikTok, but give it time. Oh, there is. Give it, you can get you know, them to do some dancing. So. <laughs> I'm at DuckBlog Duck. on Twitter and at PDucklin on Instagram. Alice? I'm Ali Rouge on Twitter, and that is all. And Alice, before we go... <laughs> when are you going to tell us about this Pearl meme? <laughs> I do hope you didn't think you were going to get away with not mentioning the Pearl meme on the podcast. So I was scrolling through Instagram, probably on the Naked Security account, which is why I can't Pearl believe it would be on your. Raised its head. <laughs> yeah, when I'm cruising on Ali Rouge, I don't really see many Pearl memes. Anyway, I can't remember what it was. Sorry, everybody, but it made me laugh. And then as I continued scrolling, I thought, oh my God, I just got a Pearl meme. Does that mean, do I get some kind of award now? Am I like invited to a secret club? Because yes, welcome. I, I get it. A simulation, I, it. I think, what, is the what, technical what term. Like borged, <laughs> you're done for. Hang on. What normally happens is you laugh out loud and then you look around at all your friends and they go, what are you laughing at? 
and then you try to explain it and then you lose some of your friends. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. You are right. Luckily, this happened while I was in I was in lockdown. And so there's not a friend in sight. So I was in a se- I was secret safe for that. I was safe to laugh at the party. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I'm at Alibrading on Twitter and we are, of course, at Naked Security as well as Twitter. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn and Instagram. Don't forget to visit the original source of our news, nakedsecurity.sofos.com. And until next time, stay, stay secure. Oh, I forgot to say it. Oh. Should we do the stay secure gigs? We didn't We didn't say it at the same time. Stay, stay secure. secure. Thanks, guys. That didn't quite work out. We'll go for that one. <laughs> <laughs>